When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The World We Deserve, the officially unofficial podcast for True Detective on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're doing a preview that I don't think we ever thought we'd be doing. It's the season four preview. Uh, Five years after season three, I think, was on the air. Yeah, I, I looked at the my our notes, and the last time we talked about this, uh, our season wrap up for season three is February twenty sixth, two thousand nineteen. Believe so, it or not, that's five five full years ago, man. That's a long time, and it didn't seem like there was interest on either side. For you know, I haven't heard an interview from Pizzolatto or anybody about re- reviving this brand until it just boom, like sometime last year, we heard Jodie Foster is attached. There's a new director. Pizzolatto's out. I think our reaction or my reaction was like, well, this is this even true detective anymore? Yeah, you yeah. Know? Without Pizzolatto writing. Um it's it's an interesting question. And I think at this point, <laughs> true detective to me is a bit of like a tone piece. And I, I think that's by design. I, I feel like that was Pizzolatto's goal. Is it doesn't seem like he wanted to tie any stories together. He simply wanted to create a vibe and i think he yeah. did that an anthology and it's a little bit like teasing the supernatural but never actually going there um mm-hmm. but like you know i i i thought season one is incredible i thought season yeah. two was strange i really enjoyed season three i think you and i both mm-hmm. liked it more than the average critic um but it's like you know um I wasn't excited to come back. So, well, if it's not Pizzolatto, it's like this is essentially a new season of a cop show. And, you know, we're not super hot to cover those right off the gate. You know, if they're good, that we'll, we'll bring in the coverage. But then a couple things started exciting me. Uh, first, oh. I, I, I saw because we were kind of debating whether we want to even do this right coming back because it might make some of the other things coming out in February more difficult for us. But I saw that Seppenwall, uh, my TV review hero, Alan Seppenwall, gave this just a glowing review on rolling stones nice. and then as of this morning there's 33 re- uh, reviewers reporting in on rotten tomatoes a hundred percent yep then i started researching for this podcast and i saw that isa lopez is the director do you recognize her there's nothing i would recognize her for the closest thing the thing that probably most people if they were gonna recognize her for would is uh Tigers Are Not Afraid, which was like a big breakout successful horror film. And it's, I, by happenstance, saw that because my, my, uh, oh, Cecily really? and I were doing uh, American Horror Story and we had a sponsor, Shudder. And this was okay. their big yeah. promotion is like, you know, and it's like, so like, well, well, hell, we'll try out the service. Let's watch this Tigers Not Afraid. I was blown away. It's pr- one of the better horror movies I've seen this decade. 
It won it, something like 50 awards. Uh, it's yeah, it, so it was good. Apparently very highly acclaimed. It's a story. It's a ghost story set in the streets of like a Mexican city of these little kids that are orphans by the drug war living like on the streets, trying to evade, you know, taking advantage of looking out of after each other and and the supernatural element that they blend in so well. And then when I hear is Issa Lopez and she's doing this like, you know, she described it in a Vanity Fair interview as being like uh, a dark mirror of the first season. You know, True mm-hmm. Detective was hot. Everybody was sweaty. This is going to be cold and dark. Why True Detective One was defined by you know very masculine. You know the 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 performances by Harrelson yeah. and McConaughey. This is going to be the female version of that. Um, and True Detective Season One was so nihilistic, and so yeah. and this is going to be bubblegum and lollipops. It is. No, it is. It's it. actually it's actually going to be a Barbie film, but <laughs> no, uh, no. a dark Barbie film. Um, but I, I think that. Um, I'm. I, I started as, as I see more and more what she was trying to do with this. I started thinking, yes, this looks really good. Um, well, she's a big set. up and coming name in horror. She's really leaning into the horror too, right? She's got deals in the works with uh, Del Toro and Bloomhouse, mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. just kind of going all in on that a rising yeah. star right now. So I'm super. I've never seen her work, but I'm super interested in seeing what she can do with True Detective. Yeah, I saw in the AV Club interview that she had mentioned that influence of this season's is John Carpenter's The Thing, yes. Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, Speaking Ridley Scott's language. Alien, specifically the at, the locations of these facilities, the research base, the Nostromo, mm-hmm. the Overlook, the vibe, the feeling, and that she says that like the way that Pizzolatto kind of played footsie with the supernatural, she wanted to kind of like really lean into that. So this intrigues me. This is where I'm like, is how how do you do you want to lean into the thing that he did, which is to brush up against it but never go supernatural, or do you want to lean into the concept of the supernatural? Because one of those feels like True Detective. One of those feels like. A Bloomhouse production, right? I will say that in Sepulwall's review, he said that in his mind that they walk. That so it it must be, it must be, in the mind of the it's it's subjective because he says that they really walk that tightrope mm. of like, am I seeing something supernatural? Am I seeing someone uh, going kind of crazy from the isolation and from the constant darkness and from the oppression? And that's kind of like they do that with like tigers are not afraid either. It's like the line between is this actually something supernatural? Is this something the little kids imagining? Is this is a ghost killing this person? Are they just falling into the I think she does that really well, but still have it be very creepy. Um, So I'm like I said, I'm 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 getting very, very excited. All of these influences, the fact that she is being influenced by the first season, Um, one of these interviews, I can't remember which one says that this is going to be consciously set in the same universe. I don't know what that means. Okay. Like if McConaughey is going to show up. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody knows Alaska is the place you go when you want to get away. You know, you've, you've done terrible things and, and life shit in your face. And you, you just got to go away and be like, is, is, is he going to show up? All right, all right, all right. And start cutting up Lone Star beer cans and talking about time mm-hmm. is flat circle. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'm very curious to find out. So based on the trailer, one thing they're connecting the dots on and maybe going further down the rabbit hole with than Pizzolatto ever did is this spiral imagery. Mm. There's a lot of that in the trailer 
Um, right. And it seems to be very intimately connected with the the case stru- or the structure of the season, right? The the two sort of connected cases and and how are they connected and the spirals mixed in in there. So maybe that's part of it is the the imagery of season one that was mm-hmm. like there but sort of in the background and never meant to really be latched onto. Maybe that's going to yeah. be more concrete in this season. Yeah, I'm wondering. I want to talk about the plot a little bit, but I also want to talk about the other things that sucked me in, which is, you know, first, have you seen any trailers, seen a poster? Uh, this is Jodie Foster. It's her return Academy. to television after like 50 years. She hasn't been on a series in, I think, literally 50 years, like 1975, and she was a child when she I was on looked that show. at her IMDb. I haven't seen a Jodie Foster picture since panic room in 2002 i think oh wow so and she hasn't been doing a lot of stuff in front of the camera so i'm you know like like uh like an old grizzled agent starling that's up in the frozen wastelands of uh Mm -hmm. alaska you can see it right um so that's like obviously i i I know she was in like elysium and hotel artemis but those are the only two like things that she's been in that probably anyone would recognize her in so and i didn't happen to see those uh so yeah jodie foster uh will probably bring the goods i can't imagine she's coming back to this like you know just for a bag of money yeah um and then i saw that the her co-star is a woman named callie reese who is a professional boxer and not like mm-hmm. a bullshit professional boxer. She's the former world champ in two different weight classes. She was the WBC middleweight champ in 2016 and held the titles for WBA, WBO, and IBO light welterweight champion from 2020 to 2022. Just hung up the gloves, apparently. Uh, she's got Native American heritage um, from several different tribes that she's incorporated into her life and boxing career. She's heavily involved in the missing and murdered indigenous women movement. And she made her acting debut back in 2021 with Catch the Fair One, which is a thriller about a Native American woman who is a former boxer trying to find out what happened to her missing indigenous sister, which received hmm. widespread critical acclaim. Um, I don't know. Could they have found someone better for the role? Maybe. That's what I was thinking. It's like, uh, I, I just watched you Godfather. It's like when Johnny Fontaine goes to Godfather, I got this role and it's perfect for me. You know, it's like, I wouldn't even have to act because it's essentially uh-huh. who I am. But she got a lot of buzz from that role. Um, I think she got a partial writing credit too, because she brought some of her own kind of life experience to the role. And uh, I'm really, they, it looks like they're setting up Jodie Foster and her to be, um, I'll just read right from the Vanity Fair article. It says, much like McConaughey's Russ Cole and uh, Harrelson's Marty Hart, uh, Danvers and Navarro, um, who had a falling out sometime before the events of the season, which is a thread that's gradually explored as night country goes on, represent two sides of the same coin. Lopez describes Foster's character, the prototypical great cop with a messy personal life, as the left brain, the right brain belonging to Reese's character, an army vet who sometimes has mystifying visions. One is utterly rational and verbal and works in deduction, and the other is instinctual and knows how to relate to people, says Lopez. Time, as it seems, really is a flat circle, particularly since, unlike the second season of True Detective, Night Country explicitly takes place in the same universe as the show's first season. So I think, like, going back to the heart of these two detectives, and it's like all the best uh, True Detective seasons that featured this kind of, like, comrade 
this relationship between the leads and I hear that there's some comedy that they explore in there too. The fact that they've got this old relationship that's kind of dysfunctional now. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Seems like a lot of the structure of season one is going to be kind of mapped here on a season four. There's that like sort of case from the past, right? That may or may not have gone the way that people are talking about it going. Um, that kind of brings them back here together. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's. I don't think it's going to map too closely, but no. I'm definitely going to be looking for those parallels, and they're kind of everywhere. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. And now, back with more Bald Move. Yeah, another, yeah, another quote from the Art of Vanity Fair articles. It says it's set in a fictional Alaska town called Ennis, where the sun sets on December 17th and doesn't rise again until after the new year. On the third so day of the, the only night, reason to set something in Alaska, right? Like, yeah. If you're going to set something in Alaska, put it in the part that doesn't get light for six months. You either got to do it where it's it's uh, or you do it the other side with insomnia where you set in the season where the sun yes. never sets. And that's another way to drive a person in crazy. Turns totally. Out. Um, so on the third night day of the night, police chief. That's funny. At the third day of the night, police chief uh, Liz Danvers, which is Foster, is called to the scene of a strange baby crime. The Salal Arctic Research Station, home to eight scientists who spend their days investigating Arctic biology, geology, and impacts of climate change. This is where you're getting in your, the thing, your research Mm -hmm. station. Um, 
when Danvers arrives, all eight scientists are missing. They've left behind their access passes, their cell phones, an uneaten sandwich. It's as if the entire group has simply vanished into tr- thin air. So instead of like the, the a murdered woman tied to a tree, you've got these scientists to just bone out of this research station and and why what happened? Um, mm-hmm. They vanished into thin air, and apparently this is um, inspired by Lopez from two real life incidents, a pair of mysteries. The case of Mary Celeste, an American vessels, uh, which is an American vessel, uh, and their entire crew up and disappeared in route to Italy in 1872. And there's also another incident called the Dyatlov Pass incident, which nine Russian hikers abandoned their campsite for unknown reasons and froze to death in a nearby wilderness. So these are kind of the inspirations for this plot, other than the uh, thematic ones from The Shining and The Thing and and Alien. And I it and the the, the new trailer is really hot. Like this does look like, yeah, like a like a a much colder frozen version of season one of True Detective. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, I have a big question for you. Oh this yeah, is, this is the season that they're calling Night Country. Why the subtitle on this season? There have been no previous subtitles for any of the three seasons prior. Is this is this to differentiate it somehow from the Pizzolatto run stuff? I, I so my cynic when I because I read that this is the first time you've ever had a subtitled season. I'm like, oh yeah, that that does track that does uh, uh, track. So the cynical side of me says like this is probably some kind of contractual thing to cut Pizzolatto out of some production credit. Like, well, it's not okay. true. De- you're definitely the creator of True Detective, but True Detective Night Country, that's right. got to be another three points off of your percentage, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, I do think they're surprisingly for this era of Max HBO, they're they're trying to kind of like separate this from the original project. They're, this is something different. Um, to what maybe end? that's to say like hey don't expect more of this or to say hey expect more of this if this is a hit uh, we want to tell other stories in the true detective universe yeah maybe or maybe it's also because I know that like the uh, the audience definitely fell off as each sub- subsequent uh, seasons kind of came on and kind of failed to live up to the first the, the hype of the first season so maybe it's also another a way to kind of like hey it's been five years palate cleanser and it seems mm-hmm. to work I've had like three of my friends who are not like podcast friends or just like civilians have randomly approached me and be like are you excited about true detective because that brand still like that first season is a fucking certified banger yeah yeah uh, i remember a, a real standout standout moment in the early days of bald move so i'm uh again i what i like if you'd asked me this time last month i'd have been like i don't know i don't even know if we should cover it but seeing the advanced buzz, digging into it, seeing the pedigree, uh, you know, I like I know a lot more about the Issa Lopez than I did about uh, Pizzolatto when he first started, and it's all good. So I'm pretty. And I don't excited. think as if you haven't seen any of True Detective, I don't think you need to. Um, I know this is going to be sort of thematically connected and in the same universe as season one, but I seriously doubt you'll need to have seen any of season one for this. Yeah, if there's connections, we'll be happy to draw those lines for you. And, you know, oh, my God, it'd be the worst thing ever if you at the end of the season had to go back to watch season one of True Detective. Oh, my God, it'd be terrible. Mm -hmm. It'd be terrible. But if you wanted to see the full connections, uh, you could do that. I think it's only was the first season eight episodes. I think so. Yeah. 
so yeah apparently eight eight episodes so yeah that's uh, if you want some background before this weekend check it out i also want to talk about our format um we are going to have our full podcast out on tuesday as we usually do with feedback the email for the feedback is true detective at baldmove.com as you might imagine um, but we're also going to try something, even though this is a smaller show, uh, we rarely get the opportunity to do instant takes anymore because stuff isn't airing at, you know, like it's always released at three o'clock in the morning Pacific time <laughs> uh, where nobody's watching mm-hmm. it. So this is going to be another HBO. Everything's going to release at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to take to the air as soon as the episode's over on baldmove.com. And we're going to have a live instant reaction show uh, that's available. The live show is only available to club members. And then after the instant talk uh, part where we talk about the episode, we'll have the instant or sorry, the instant take. We'll have the instant talk where we will have people in our YouTube chat directly asking us questions, making comments, and we'll respond to those. Um the instant take will be available for everyone a few hours after the episode airs to see what our general thoughts are. But if you want to participate and watch live the instant take and instant talk, you got to be a club member. Uh, so if you'd like to get that and uh, which is extra bonus audio content like the instant takes, the instant talks, as well as ad free feeds, I highly encourage you to go to support.baldmove.com. You can sign up live the night of and get instant access through through that link, support.baldmove.com. But we haven't done one of... I don't think we've done that since Westworld. Was Westworld after Hot... I know we did for Hot D too, but it's been yeah over a year since we've done an instant take. Do we do that might be a lie. We did it for The Last of Us. It's been yeah. exactly a year since we've done an instant take, <laughs> and uh-huh. I'm excited to get back to them. Uh, yeah, we'd appreciate your support and uh, for y'all to show up on Sunday night, give us some good questions. Um, am, I, am I missing anything? Uh, I don't think so. Um, The other thing I guess we might do is if the feedback is anything like it could get on a show like this, we might split that off to be later in the week because, you know, like uh, like these these puzzle box shows, man, can get can get really in the weeds. So in lieu of having a four hour podcast, we we break those up and and release it later on. But again, true detective of bald move dot com. You guys have a lot to say about how much feedback we get. Uh, I hope this show is great. I can't imagine all the the James Pony Wozniaks and the the Mo Ryans and the Alan Supperwalls are lying to us. Um, I think we might have something really, so, something really hot this cold winter. Uh, we'll see you on Sunday night. This Sunday is the first episode. Again, we mm-hmm. will be. I'm not sure how long the episode is, but 10, 15 minutes after the episode, we'll be going live. Uh, check us out on BaldMove.com. Uh, sign up for support.BaldMove.com to get instant access to it. Uh, and we'll see you there. You, me, Issa, Jody Foster, uh, we'll, th- 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 Miss 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 Rice. We'll we'll all be there to to see how it goes. You got anything else, Jim? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, until Sunday night, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you then. Mm-hmm.